Last time on Phanthropological, we talked about Disney demographics, Disney walking, Disney's vision, new IPs and Disney magic, how Disney engages the imagination through the five senses, and, perhaps most importantly, how much better Walt Disney World is than Canada's Wonderland. What else will Tyler Spooky Man bring up about Walt Disney World and its fans? What is hashtag purple wall? And what will Tyler's famous last words be for Yuri fans? Find out in this week's episode. We've already talked about immersiveness and uh, touched a little bit on mystery as far as this fire goes and whatnot, but <laughs> I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit more about the mystery of Disney and, and as a fan of Disney World, I believe you said that was your home park, so to speak? Yeah. Yeah. But it's the only one I've actually been to. Okay. I haven't been outside of the East Coast, sort of, hmm. but that's the next step is going to other theme parks around the world. Yeah. Does the element of the mystery of the place, like, you know, the, the maybe the conspiracy theories about the, the secret bar where you, you can actually drink alcohol or... Oh, well, that's like 99% of Disney now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, weird stuff like that. Does that draw you in a little bit as a fan or is it entirely the immersiveness and the mystery just kind of is there? I love a good mystery. I love hearing sort of those conspiracy theories where it's like, oh my God, did you know... I think one of the oldest ones was that there was a basketball court inside of the Matterhorn bobsled ride, <laughs> which is kind of true. Like Disney actually had that put in so that staff had a place to sort of escape to. <laughs> and Walt Disney could sort of stay with his family and have something to do huh. shielded away from everyone else in the parks. But I, I love the mystery because I want to I want to know more about it. Like mm -hmm. I want to discover what that mystery is. Like for a long time, it was, did you know? And, and this is on like every top 10 you didn't know this about Disney World thing. It's like, <laughs> did you know there's tunnels under the Magic yeah. Kingdom? And then you watch a documentary and it's like, Disney built tunnels as the first floor of the park and then the park itself on the second floor so they can move throughout the park. And I'm like, oh, well, that's like, that's not super mysterious. But people yeah. ask you now, they're like, there's tunnels under the park. And I'm like, yeah, it's because of this. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it, it, you, you lose the mystery of it when you sort of look into how effects and stuff are done. Like Haunted Mansion is just full of effects and stuff that you're like, oh my God, how did they do that? And then you sort of try and look into it and they don't really tell you in a lot of these making of books and documentaries. They keep it sort of mysterious because they don't want people to copy it, but also because yeah. they want you to write it and still ask like, do they do that like that's incredible on a smaller scale with the mystery theme have you found any of the hidden mickeys in any of your visits oh tons yeah but the thing is there's so many i don't go hunting for them but if i see one i'll point it out but um the cast members are always super nice about sort of being like hey did you know there's a hidden mickey in this queue line and then you're like oh my god so you actually have something to do while you're waiting in line interesting <laughs> but also they hide them in such crazy places the easiest ones are, there's a ride called Living with the Land, which is in the land pavilion. I talked about the seas. This one's the land. And it shows you about like hydroponics and sort of GMOs and how they're sort of beneficial to growing plants. And they have a fish farm there. So they actually show you fish that eventually do get put into the parks. Like you can, these are fish that you're going to eventually eat. <laughs> and they're pretty open about that kind of stuff. But that ride alone has like 10 hidden Mickeys on it. And sometimes it's just like, three coils of wire on the ground or like it'll be some rock work that's in the shape of mickey i think on big thunder mountain there's like three baskets that are hung on a wall in such a way uh like i love the way disney puts that stuff in there as like a little touch just like hey wouldn't it be fun if we threw a hidden mickey here but they give you something to do while you're at the parks there's books like there's whole <laughs> books just about how to find them and where to find them and where they're usually hidden and they don't really give it away but they, they encourage you to like take pictures and stuff there's a new mickey mouse themed ride coming out in like the next year or two and they said that this ride is going to have more hidden mickeys than any other ride <laughs> everyone's like oh 
So, like, just for clarification, because I always thought it was, uh, like, a little sort of picture of Mickey's head, but it can just be, like, three circles, essentially? Any three circle, I'm trying to look here if there's an example on my, like, little Disney <laughs> board. Not really. But as long as it's a big circle with two smaller circles for the ears. It'll oh. never be Mickey Mouse's face entirely. It'll just be the shape. Okay. Like, there's characters hidden in some parts of the rides, like, um... In this ride that's now doesn't exist called the Great Movie Ride, there's like an Indiana Jones section. You travel mm-hmm. through different like classic films. And in the Indiana Jones section, there's like a little hieroglyphics. So there's one of like R2-D2 and C-3PO or like yeah. in the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, there's like Donald Duck sitting on like an Egyptian throne. <laughs> so th- they do hide like characters and, and other fun stuff like that. It's not just Mickey's. There's a lot of hidden things. The ride journey of the Little Mermaid, which is like this little, uh, little you were bored like a little clamshell and it moves through a little building. Oh wow! Shows you like scenes from the movie, that, all with animatronics and the music. But that used to be the place of the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea ride, like based on the Disney film. So as you're walking through the queue, there's just like some rock work shaped like the Nautilus. Huh. Like you have to like look down and like around a corner to be able to see. But that's just like a little touch they threw in. Uh, to sort of pay like homage to those older attractions Hmm. there's a lot of stuff like that hidden in a bunch of rides winnie the pooh ride used to be mr toad's wild ride based on the wind in the willows (laughs) yes and so yes in like owl's house which is a scene in the winnie the pooh ride there's a portrait of mr toad handing the deed to the property to owl (laughs) that's like like a little homage to like oh well this used to be this ride and Mr. Toad handed it over to the Winnie the Pooh cast. Wow. But there's tons of mysterious stuff like that. and Disney will always hide it. And yeah. if you try and ask about it, they'll be all like vague and mysterious. Because for kids and even adults, they want it to seem like it's a fun experience you're going to have. They don't want to try yeah. and ruin anything. They will not break the magic. So they will not say a character is a person in a costume, for example. Mm-hmm. And if there's an actor... Or if there is a person who is in a costume, they actually refer to themselves as a friend of the character that they play. That's just like a little cast member thing. That's not really a secret. But that's just a way like they don't really break the magic of anything. Mm-hmm. Which is which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that when they do the research. Like they're they're not going to say, Oh, I play Mickey or something like that. Yeah. They'll say a friend of Mickey. Just for that little little extra like we don't have to completely pull the entire curtain back yeah i did see something pretty outrageous uh, in that regard actually doing the research i came across this thread full of stories some of them not safe for work <laughs> about the crazy goings on among cast members and whatnot behind the scenes yeah i've <laughs> read <laughs> that too where you walk into a dressing room and see like prince philip and, <laughs> and peter pan and beast and, making yeah, out yeah, and yeah. stuff yeah. <laughs> but the one in particular that relates back to the whole um cast members and costumes thing was uh, apparently somebody had this friend who was working on one of the cruises and in their contract their friend's contract there was this stipulation that if they're falling in the pool and needing to be pulled out oh my god there's this little clause in the contract that said they would not be able to remove the costume until they were taken away from the pool area so as to oh. not break the magic so that sounds about right yeah, it sounds like it can get that pretty is, intense uh, depending on circumstances. Holy crow. There's also a clause in the in the Aladdin contract that says that he can kill one person a day. <laughs> That's like a, that was some weird article I read online. Just has to take them down to the tunnels first and uh... just pushes someone into the pool. I think it was like a quick whole article or something. It's like ten things you didn't know about Disney. I, I love those things. The, the, the idea of the, like, just like the weird goings on with characters, like this person is, is really a robot or something. Like there's a clickable <laughs> article, like it's, it's a clickbaity title. Like yep. three times the fox on Splash Mountain looked me in the eyes and called me by my name. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Sounds like good creepypasta fuel. Oh yeah. There is oh, so like much that. Disney creepypasta. <laughs> especially disney parks creepypasta because there's a lot of rides that are scary mm-hmm. and like it's like tower of terror haunted mansion and there's a lot of creepypastas that there's ghosts on these rides or 
a lot of the times people will dump the ashes of their actual family members within the attraction. That's like their dying wish is like they want their remains like spread in the haunted mansion because the haunted mansion's theme is that it's a retirement home for ghosts and so they're like i want to when i die i want to be in the haunted mansion (laughs) so and and disney has to stop the ride and like clean it up afterwards it's almost kind of sad but people are like dumping stuff into like pirates of the caribbean it's like you can't you can't dump like ashes into a water source thank you very much yeah Yeah, you learn about that in uh in water like the seas. The seas. The seas. <laughs> it's not good for the seas <laughs> no well you only need six out of the seven seas right that's true <laughs> you just pollute the one seas no no that's not six that's out not of seven seas agree i know nothing about geography <laughs> ask me about disneyland geography. <laughs> <laughs> all right so in which sea did no no, no. <laughs> trick question time you mentioned that there's like I don't want to dig into this too deeply because I feel like once I start digging, there's no do, stopping. Do you dig. Men- <laughs> do dig. You mentioned that there's a, a bunch of different categories of like Disney fans, even when it comes to the parks. You talk about there's right. food bloggers and people who just visit the parks. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Because like, I'm fascinated by the idea that there are people that show up for very specific purposes at the park. Yeah, so I, I don't think I'd be able to name all of them. but No, that's okay. So I'm part of a website called WDWNT, which is Walt Disney World News Today. Hmm. And they have a show called News Tonight. But it's a fan-run Disney news site because sometimes Disney will not announce stuff like when an attraction is closing or like you'll want more details or honest feedback about a ride, an attraction, reviews, stuff like that. So that's what this site mainly covers is just actual Disney news that's real and honest which sounds like it's not honest, but Disney does pay bloggers to say nice things about them, like any kind of blogger or, or like online reviewer. There's a lot of people who just take money to talk nice about stuff. And so Disney actually, I hate to say it aloud, but Disney does do that. And so there needs to be a really honest community of people who will go and eat the food, like specifically go into the parks just to buy all the new food items and tell you about it. And that's something that like this this site covers. I'm not trying to plug it too much, but but there are food bloggers, people who go specifically to Disney just to eat the food and talk about it and take photos of it. There are people who go just to get Instagram photos. Like these are the kind of people with disposable income who do their makeup and then they go there's like a wall that's purple, like it's just painted purple and it's been called the purple wall. <laughs> and people like will line up for like 20 minutes just to take a photo in front of this wall because it looks great on Instagram. <laughs> it's it's so bizarre. There's people who go to, like Disney Springs is a shopping area. So there's a lot of Disney themed stores and actually really real stores as well. Um, but there's stuff like Disney style and it, and it sells all Disney home furnishing kind of things like spatulas with like Darth Vader's head on it or something. <laughs> and so this is where people go to do all the shopping and they will take photos of all the items they buy They'll dress up in their outfits. They'll show off like Disney style. A lot of the annual pass holders are the kind of people who will go into Disney parks just to sort of take photos and do photo reports. And that's a lot of what WDWT is. It's a lot of local people who specifically go to update you on anything that's changing, like every little thing. Like, hey, this wall actually got painted in uh, differently. So it looks it's the first time it's changed since like 1985 or something like that. Or they'll be like, this area of the park is actually getting removed so they can make way for this new attraction. Like, WDWT, they read a lot of permits. Disney can file permits and anyone could publicly read and go through them. And that's where you see a lot of, like, leaks because they they have to say, we're clearing away land here to make way for something, a building. And then we're like, oh, well, that's absolutely the Epcot Hotel. So... (laughs) That's a lot of the locals or the annual pass holders who go for special annual pass holder events. There's events that they hold at Disney once the park closes, where they bring out characters they've never brought out in a long time, special meet and greets, they do special shows. There's a lot of vloggers, the kind of people who will walk around like this at the parks. And for those of you listening to the audio portion of this podcast, I'm holding up my phone like I'm taking a selfie. And they will film themselves like that for like 30 minutes, just like... So I'm in the parks today. 
not sure if I'm going to go on any rides, just walking around. Sometimes it's nice to enjoy that. And I'm like, oh my God, go on a ride, please. <laughs> like, I can understand going to a theme park that's so well designed and just walking around and taking it in and looking at it. But it's so bizarre when it's like a theme park and you're like not going on attractions, but you just sort of walk around and you enjoy the vibes of it. I don't really understand that, but I've come to like a lot of the personalities of people who do that on YouTube. And I, I used to do that the last time I went to Disney in like 2014. I just, I filmed everything and put up so many videos about it. And I, I, I realized that I was missing out on the entire experience of being at the parks. So the next time I go, I'm like not going to film stuff. But th there's those people, there's people who do Disney bounding, which we've talked about, which is where you vaguely dress up in the color or the style of a character so that you can sort of take photos and get like, it's kind of like closet cosplay which is when you just reach in mm. your cupboard for whatever to vaguely be in a costume for a character you enjoy. But yeah, I'm, there's so many more people who go to Disney parks. I can't really name them all, like I said, but there are people who go with specific purposes, not to just enjoy or be with their family. It's a branch out of the community, and a lot of it is for people who do stuff for online. I'm just completely fascinated by this purple wall. <laughs> Look, look it up. Disney just I, no, released <laughs> a purple wall shake. It's a milkshake and it's purple like the wall. <laughs> they tried to paint the wall <laughs> like a different pattern so that it merges into this because it was just like a white wall next to a purple wall. They're like, yeah, we're yeah. going to paint the middle of those two walls. So it's a transition. It's in like right outside Tomorrowland. And then people like hated the design. And it's like, it's a wall. <laughs> There's there's a lot of nice walls to take photos in front of, but it's not worth like worth losing your ish online about. <laughs> you can get a baseball cap that just says purple wall on it. Does it? That probably exists. Who am I kidding? Why am I even asking that? <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, wait, on the back it says meet me at the It used to be a good place to meet because everyone knew where it was. So it was like a sort of mm. conjugated like, oh let's just meet at the purple wall. That became a whole thing. And then Disney started embracing it and selling merchandise with it for something they didn't even come up with. Now we have like rose gold millennial. They call them millennial Mickey ears and they're just rose gold. You know that color millennials love? <laughs> Disney will sort of jump onto a lot of the trends because it sells merchandise. Like this whole month they're selling all rainbow merchandise, like a rainbow cupcake with a little unicorn head in it because it's pride month. And that's pretty nice. And they'll also have, like, uh, Rainbow Mickey ears and Rainbow Lanyards, which is good. But it, it is, at the end of the day, a trend. Spirit okay. jerseys are a thing? I don't even know I what that is. <laughs> I, I have found the Purple Wall slush. <laughs> That's it. Slushy. Tyler, do you know what's in it? No, I haven't tried it. Okay. I haven't looked into okay, it. Okay, I want everyone to guess what's in it. Purple. <laughs> um. <laughs> I should know this because I talked about it when it, when it, came, when it was announced. <laughs> oh, God um raspberry something all right i don't know i'm I'm gonna guess it's blueberry and acai all right well disney okay. doesn't own uh uh, uh willy wonka yet as far as i know so purple berry schnozberry it's not gonna be schnozberry, schnozberry. schnozberry. <laughs> um i'm gonna say all this all the super fruits acai blueberry um surprise there's also some kale in there all right. Well, you're all really close. <laughs> Yay. You missed the biggest one. Quinoa? Grape? When you think purple, you think a taro tea slushy that comes with tapioca boba pearls. <laughs> whipped cream <laughs> and purple sprinkles. Those. those are a thing. So it's like it's like yeah. bubble tea. Purple bubble tea. But it's like gross. a slush bubble tea. <laughs> yeah. Sounds super unappealing yeah. to me, but it, I like the idea of it. <laughs> gross. <laughs> Just no, no. I'm not a bubble tea person in general. I love bubble tea, but slush. You got to try it. The parks, <laughs> the food changes out so much. But the other thing is there's the, the food and wine festival at Epcot, which is for like mm. six months out of the year. I think it starts like next month or something and it runs until the end of October. But all they do is bring out like a bunch of food booths because uh, Epcot is mostly made up of a thing called the World Showcase, which is whole sections that are themed to different countries hmm. and like there's a canada one so they have like something representing victoria gardens and then they have like totem poles outside to represent sort of the aboriginal or indigenous part of canada 
um, Italy, they have like this whole plaza that they sort of replicated an existing plaza in Italy. Oh, wow. So it depends on what the actual governing country wanted when they built Epcot originally, which is pretty cool. But they bring out like so many more different kinds of food. So there's so much stuff to eat there. And it's, <laughs> there are all these small, like little, like tapas style plates. But foodies go absolutely nuts. And that's why I'm going, absolutely, because <laughs> the food there is so good. At least in that part of the park. Everywhere else, it's chicken nuggets and fries. Oh, boy. <laughs> they have Wonderland stalwart funnel cake. <laughs> I I don't remember if I've seen funnel cake at Disney. To be completely honest, I've never tried looking. They do have a lot of that kind of stuff there. It's mostly churros, to be honest, which I don't even think Wonderland has. Churros are, like, not that far off from funnel cake. I just, like... I don't remember. I don't ever remember seeing funnel cake like not at some kind of amusement park or theme park. That sounds about right. Yeah, I I only remember them from Canada's Wonderland, but I have I never actively looked for them at Disney because it's just not much interest. Like we already have them. There's more going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's an animatronic of uh, Walt himself telling you to try the churros. Try the churros. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Saw that one coming. Welcome for all the Clone High fans. There actually isn't any animatronics of Walt nope. Disney. There's a statue. Right. There's like a bronze statue of Walt Disney. It's called the Partners Statue. Because it's Mickey Mouse holding hands with Walt Disney. Walt Disney's pointing to his, to his giant kingdom that he invented. Wow. Wasn't there something with the statue that it like... It's like at the perfect height for like kids to see it or something like that. And But it looks weird if you're... If you're Seller. There's Roy Disney, which is Walt's brother, and he's sitting with Minnie Mouse, mm-hmm. um, like at one end of the main street area of Magic Kingdom. But that's like on a bench, so yeah, anybody could just sort of walk up to that one. Okay. Given that we probably talk about this at some length, considerably into the evening, and I know that uh, G in particular has a less flexible schedule, I think we should probably move on. All right, yeah. Even though there's so many other things. <laughs> That means we're going to be moving on to the verdict, uh, which is usually just a chance to like summarize any thoughts that we have on the fandom. In this case, it would be on Disney parks. Tyler, since you're our guest, you can either go first or last. It's totally up to you. I'll go last. I want to hear what you guys have to say. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I will go first because that'll give G and Z an opportunity (laughs) to summarize their thoughts because I didn't think that I would have something, but now I do. Before we started doing this episode, before we started recording with you, Tyler, Uh, I thought I knew exactly where I was going to end up on the side of the fence. I thought, you know, Disney's theme parks are kind of cool, but like, whatever, maybe I'll go visit one again. And I did some of the research and it was kind of interesting. And I had read, you know, uh, Ask Me Anythings from cast members. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Usually they came from the perspective of, you know, a a family or uh, someone with children. And, you know, I, I don't have kids. I don't have like a family like that. Uh, so I was just kind of like, nope, this is this isn't for me. Easy, no brainer. And then as we talked about it today, you just kept bringing up more and more fascinating, <laughs> little juicy little tidbits about like the people that go to the park, about the arrangements of the park, about all of the different things at the different parks. And I think I think I'm in. I think I'm interested. <laughs> I think I will. Like my fiance is like, oh, what are we gonna do for the honeymoon? It's like maybe we should go to Disney World. And I'm like, you want to go to a beach? Disney World is not a beach, ah. but maybe maybe that'll change and we'll be like, okay, let's go do that. But I, I think I'm very much now more interested in, in checking those out again as an adult, maybe going to Disneyland instead of Disney World because I've already been to Disney World. But honestly, it sounds a lot more fascinating now that I've had somebody just like honestly spew all sorts of information, <laughs> all sorts of fascinating information about the different facets of the parks. So I'm, I'm interested in learning more. This is why I'm here to convert. (laughs) (laughs) Follow up question. How many other people have you converted? (laughs) You're at least one right now. (laughs) I haven't been a guest on other podcasts talking about Disney yet, but with every person who listens to our podcast, I hope they convert. (laughs) I don't want to force people. I've I've never forced people to try and enjoy it. Like we went with our friends last time and we were in the middle of a fireworks show, which are always these extravagant things. And they're like, 
I'm bored. And they literally turned 180 degrees and walked away. And I was like, <gasps> whatever, I'm not going to force them to sit and watch this if they're not interested. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. All right. I will go next. Sorry, Z. <laughs> so I'm going to start by saying I'm in. I'm going down there. I'm going straight for the Dole Whip. I'm going to get one of those. And then... <laughs> we didn't even talk about the Dole Whip. <laughs> well, bring it up now, then. <laughs> the Dole Whip is this delicious treat. Everyone at WDWMT is going to hate me. I have never had it. It's like a lemony, citrus, sort of swirly ice cream, soft serve kind of thing. And people will line up for like an hour to get this thing. I have never tried it. But it's a gigantic treat in the parks that everyone tries to replicate. For me, it's the Canadian bacon cheddar cheese soup that you get at the Canada Pavilion. That's Whoa. my Dole Whip. <laughs> that should be a t-shirt. We gotta make that a t-shirt. <laughs> Anyways, that's Dole Whip. The internet tells me pineapple flavored soft serve. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. They did make a lemon sort of citrus one okay. instead, and no one liked it. Anyway, it sounds that's all. divine. So I'm gonna get one of those... And then see what I feel like doing after that. Yeah. But like in adding to its it the magicalness and uh, like like the wonder and the immersion, this place barely sounds like it could actually exist. Like having never been there. Yeah. Like it's 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 immense and and meticulous and and everything in between. And it's like every character you've ever seen in a movie is there. And like it's it's mind boggling. There's stuff for every everyone to do, as you mentioned, the entire family. You could be lost there for weeks and not, like, repeat things. It's set up for you to, like, live there for a little while, it sounds like. And it sounds like yep. something that I have to, have to, like, it's not, it's not from the abiding love of, like, like, everything Disney. It's just, like, it sounds like an insane Marvel, not, not, not Marvel as in Marvel uh, comics, but <laughs> uh, an Imagineering Marvel. That I have to see, literally, to believe it. I have no doubts as to why people are rabid fans of this. It seems like a no-brainer to me. <laughs> yes. I guess that's a lot better than mic drop. Yep. Much better. I mean, better for your better wallet. Better for the mic. Yeah. Yeah. Let me pick that, pick that mic up. That mic. I'll just pick that mic up off the floor and wick it <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> I'm in as well. I'm really intrigued by the immersiveness that seems to be on offer. I mean, this, like the, the, the experiences you were describing, Tyler, like the soaring ride or even maybe some of the more uh, IP heavy rides, you know, like, I, I don't even know where I could begin, but like just the, Ellen. pardon? Yeah, Helen. <laughs> yes, I, I totally <laughs> am going to watch that YouTube video see what the Ellen energy ride is all about. I read a, a little bit about it in the research, but for whatever reason, it just didn't grab me. But hearing you describe it, I want to see what this thing's all about. As for the parks themselves, I'd totally be down for going. Um, I never went as a kid. Never really, I don't really remember any big stories of like, you know, some other kid in my class ever saying, oh man, we went to Disney World this summer. It was great. So, eh. To answer your question from the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to go and experience the immersiveness and mystery. Maybe be a, a drunken, disorderly guest and have the secret undercover security guards take me down <laughs> out of the park through the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hearing all of you say, like, the way you described it, like, you could have just as easily had someone on this show instead of me. Who would have, like, if you asked them, like, what's Haunted Mansion? They could have gone, like, oh, it's, yeah, it's some haunted house ride and there's, like, ghosts and stuff. They could have just as easily described <laughs> it like that. And so much of my life has been people saying, you seem so passionate the way you describe things. And, yeah, like, just talking about Soren, where it's like, oh, you feel like you're flying on a hand glider. And they're, they're blowing, mm -hmm. like, anyone could have just described it as, yeah, you, you sit on this thing and you feel like you're flying. Like, there, there are people who actually go and just have zero appreciation for what they're looking at or the kind of, like, time and energy that goes into it. But, I mean, obviously I'm in because <laughs> I was in before we started talking about it. But it's sort of like um, you can 
sort of take an experience as much of a level as you want to. Like anybody could go on Haunted Mansion and just sort of be like, oh, that was cool. But if you take the time to like look into it, maybe go on it a couple times, really look at what you're looking at or or try and understand the story within it, because there is sort of like a story happening when you go on a lot of these rides. Yeah. You could then turn into someone who's like, oh my God, did you know that? Like the part in the attic of Haunted Mansion where you see the bride, like she has a hatchet. And so the idea is like you fall at the back of the attic and then you die, which is why you're in the graveyard and all the ghosts are now singing. Man. Like you could find out that level of detail about it, which by the way, all that was true when I just said about the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, that you won't even remember by the time you're on the ride. <laughs> You'll be too averse. <laughs> but it's, it's sort of the thing where you could just enjoy as much as you want to without like nothing's really crammed down your throat mm-hmm. there's nothing like an underlying theme that's sort of being pushed at you like like a documentary for example uh, there are some of those like educational things where they try and teach you but they're not trying to make you see or believe anything more than you need to but if you ever go to the parks like you absolutely got to go to just magic kingdom and just sort of take a moment to look at everything and, and try and understand where you are like the place and time this sort of area is or look at like the ground and the level of detail that just went into carving rock work in the ground beneath you like you see as much as you want to see basically that is so cool yeah and not just at walt disney world like every park sort of has its own unique take on it shanghai disney is one of the biggest parks that they have and the level of details like specifically for that kind of market or like you go to Disneyland Paris Tomorrowland is themed more so to from the earth to the moon or other Jules Verne stuff mm-hmm. instead like it takes a steampunk approach rather than a cool. retro future approach like Walt Disney World does like every single park is a little bit different or tailored to that country that it's in in some way so there is a large number of people who just have this appreciation and you could watch a ton of youtube videos on people just like divulging into the the history and the the love and admiration of these theme parks and sometimes i'd be doing a podcast with wdwt and i'd be like you know there's other things happening in this world like this is a (laughs) theme park we're talking about (laughs) if you said like 30 40 years ago that like oh my god you guys, we got to go to this theme park. It's the best thing ever. Let me tell you about it for an hour every single week. It'd be like, you crazy? Get out of my house. Like, <laughs> the idea that all of this stuff that we just spoke about in, like, almost two hours or so was all just about a theme park. Like, it's it's insane to think that all of what we just talked about was encompassed in what could easily be a place like Canada's Wonderland. <laughs> yeah, well, like... Like, it sounds silly to say, like, it's a theme park and it's just people go there to go on roller coasters or meet, you know, princesses or whatever. But it's like, it affects a lot of people's lives, regardless of what it actually is. So it's like, it's worth talking about. Yeah. I do want to say to all the, uh, everyone listening to the podcast right now, if you look under your chair, you may find a pass to Disney Shanghai. And a plane ticket. Oh my god! What? <laughs> oh, I gotta look at this. I gotta, it's a pack of gum. Come on. That's not look, a pass. Turns out they were a little more expensive than we thought, but uh, we, found, <laughs> you know, we we tried to buy a Bitcoin. It didn't go through. But if it was for those two seconds that we had it, it would have been enough to buy everyone a pass. You know how much the flights cost to put that gum under everyone's chair? <laughs> You know, we're going to have a real accounting nightmare in the next couple of weeks. We, we tried saving for it. We tried getting stocks in Blockbuster, but it, that just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. It's so weird. Uh, no. In Alaska, it does. The other Magic Kingdom. <laughs> it, yeah, the, the one holdout. Um, I'm going to try to take this monorail, repair it, so that we can keep it running just a little further until they have time to upgrade it. We have a couple more segments left, one of which being this week's Spotlight. Spotlight. Usually the spotlight is an opportunity to highlight a really cool charity or fanish related cause. Disney being a giant corporation probably has a number of charities in its own right or related charities. And we try to avoid those because they're less interesting. So instead, I found Disney Bound, which is something that we talked about a few different times on this episode. It is meant to be inspiration for you to pull together your own outfits 
which work for your body, whether you're getting them from your closet or your local mall. It's just a website that kind of shows people's Disney-bound outfits. Mm -hmm. You can find it at disneybound.co. And I think it also has a bunch of, like if you were looking for different outfits, people have some suggested as well. So you can check that out. Unless, of course, Tyler, you know of any cool stuff. Absolutely. I would suggest to anyone, this is this is more so a Canadian thing specifically, but it's called Dreams Take Flight. It's a charity that helps kids who have been maybe in the hospital or sort of have disabilities that their families will never have the opportunity to go to Disney World. By donating to this, this gives these kids and their families opportunities to be able to not only get to go to Disney, but also have a memorable trip getting there. So they work with like Air Canada and like Bentley, like Global Assistance. They work with all these other companies to sort of put together this this amazing experience for kids at the airport before they go on the airplane itself. And then when they actually get to go to Disney World. I actually used to work at Disney Store, so I, I did work for the Disney company at some point, and um, this is something a lot of the employees used to go and hit volunteer and help out with, and so I absolutely recommend it if people are listening to take a look at it. It's called Dreams Take Flight. Tyler, tell us a little bit about Ride Rehab. Oh, Ride Rehab is a podcast I co-host. There's a lot of Disney podcasts that talk about the parks and what they are, but this podcast is a little bit more blue sky creativity so we put ourselves in the place of imagineers specifically about how we'd reimagine or as disney likes to coin it rehab existing attractions and shows that rehab is usually when disney sees an attraction that's out of date or maybe needs a little bit of a change or an upgrade sometimes they'll just re-theme or reskin something that exists like how they took tower of terror and then just remodeled the entire building, but kept the same elevator dropping ride, just changed out what's in the ride itself, and it became Guardians. So we do that with, like, we go sort of park by park or specific attractions and come up with sometimes realistic, sometimes completely <laughs> absurd ways to rehab attractions. Like, we're like, hey, journey into imagination. What if it was Star Wars? <laughs> and at the end, <laughs> Luke is just like, you use the Force. That takes imagination. Like we just, we just think of some of the craziest things. We uh, we just did an episode on Tower of Terror, and we're like, what if it was themed to that weird movie by Quentin Tarantino, Four Rooms, starring Tim Roth? That <laughs> took place in a hotel. So we'll just throw out whatever because the idea is, with infinite time and infinite money, what would we do to reimagine <laughs> the Disney parks? So that's the podcast. Um, it's on wdwnt.com which uh, has a ton of other Disney podcasts if you like listening to that. And you can also go to riderehab.com to listen to them. But it's also on iTunes, Google Play, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So you can go and take a look. And we also ha are very active on Twitter. We love hearing other people's ideas. And so we share them on the podcast or we'd be like, oh, that would be amazing, basically. A lot of people on Twitter have come up with some great ideas too. So Because everyone has ideas, but not everyone gets to share them. So be fun to see what everyone else has to say about something, especially something that we sort of tackle. Like how do we feel about Hollywood studios? Like what would we do different to it? And like, we, our, the last thing we said was like, what if it was overwatch? <laughs> like, that would, that'd be interesting. I'm on it. Cause that they have a Hollywood themed map and you'd be the payload. Um, <laughs> so that next episode of ours is actually on June 7th, where we talk about that. It's the seventh of every month. A new episode comes out and we do little mini episodes as well. But we will actually be in Disney in September, probably hosting an event. Uh, Ooh, where you'll actually get cool. to a preferred fireworks viewing hey. and we'll have a dessert buffet. So if you hey. take a look at our Twitter, we're at Ride Rehab on Twitter and Instagram. We also very rarely update, but because it's a podcast, it's hard to have a lot of visual imagery to share on instagram try as we might you're right <laughs> but yeah ride rehab or wdwnt.com take a look and if you enjoyed this and want to hear more about disney or just crazy ideas you don't even have to know a lot about disney to enjoy it anything else you want to plug like your personal or anything like that or are you good i mean personally outside of this i'm a comic artist and illustrator since it's pride month i work on a lot of gay themed comics Look up Tyler Man Art, and you'll be able to find a whole lot of stuff. Viewer discretion advised, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a really great 
through line after we get through these plugs. I'm looking forward to it. Oh yes, that's right. All right. Yeah. I'm worried it's now. A tease. I'm, no, I'm being I'm being sincere. Yeah. Sorry, uh, didn't mean to interrupt that. It's <laughs> fine. What are we doing? Yeah, we're plugging our show now. <laughs> yeah, what is your show? So, uh, <laughs> tell me about it. I've never, so, I've never been on it before. So, all, all our episodes are available at fanthropological.com, going on 80 something now. We'll recover a different fandom every week. Uh, also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, the podcatcher of your choice is where you can find us. Nice. Wherever you call home in the podcast world, we'll be there. And wherever you are, if you could leave us a rating or review, that would be fantastic and uh, get the word out on Phantopological. So you do like fan stuff. That's You look into fandoms, right? Yeah, we do. We, could cover, we, we cover some fan stuff on the podcast. That's cool. I'd listen to that. Well, that's, we got a listener. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, and? Taking our earlier advice of chime in whenever it's <laughs> hard. Um, oh, shit. Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> back on track. We're back on track. This is Phantopological, but we three are the Knicks cast. And you can find us on the internet all over at Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at the Knicks cast to find our comings and goings. going to be a lot of con stuff coming up because it's now con season. It's in the heat of summer. Actually, it's not summer for another 15 to 20 days, but it's flipping hot. Check us out uh, at the next cast all over the internet. And if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us cover on the show, please email us nick at the com or send us a tweet. Over to Z, I think. Uh, we also. Oh, no. I'm, no, I'm going to cut Z off because yeah. I'm sick of this stupid <laughs> back and forth. Z says a thing and then I have to interrupt him <laughs> later. It's dumb. It's stupid and I'm stopping it now. <laughs> why am I stopping Z's talking? It's because usually he rambles. No, that is not why. Uh, it is because it is the summer, as G had mentioned, and in the summer, at the end of the summer every year, for the past three or four years, we've been doing a little thing called the Race Against Time, which is our annual charity marathon where we raise money for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada by playing the greatest game of all time. That's right, Chrono Trigger. And if you disagree, fight me. Send <laughs> emails to nickatthenextcast.com or tweet at us. I will excitedly, enthusiastically respond to you. But more importantly than that, we are raising money for the Alzheimer's Society of Canada because Alzheimer's and dementia and related illnesses are a terrible disease that rob people of their memories, that rob people of themselves. And we'd like to do the things that we enjoy, like Chrono Trigger, because it is also a game fundamentally about memories and about having these like experiences with friends, fighting something that may not ever affect them. If you want to take a look at that, if you want to donate, you can go to raceagainsttime.io slash donate. Or uh, you can also just, you know, be aware of the Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash the race against time or just going to raceagainsttime.io. It'll redirect there. Uh, and then you will know when we are doing the event. The event is going to be the weekend of August 10th to 12th. We are still forming the exact details, but if you are subscribed on Twitch, you will know exactly when it happens. So take a look at that. That's right. And speaking of Twitch, well, first off, if you're listening to this in podcast form, I should stipulate that. Above all else, uh, if you are listening to this in podcast form and you're wondering, you know, this Twitch stuff sounds pretty great, but uh, this race against time, it's only once a year and sometimes uh, a couple weeks out of the year. Why aren't they on Twitch more often? Well, dear listener, all I have to say to you is we are on Twitch more often over on twitch.tv slash the next cast. You can watch us recording these episodes live just about every week, just about every Monday, usually around 8 p.m. Eastern time. You want to stay tuned to that Twitter for exact details. That's at the next cast on Twitter. And why might you want to uh, come over here and watch us on twitch.tv slash the next cast? Well, you might want to do so to, uh, well, see our lovely faces and our lovely guests. You might also want to do it to enjoy our company or might also want to do it to participate in the chat, ask us questions, respond to our own questions, respond to your own questions, you know, have a little mini show in the chat, a chat show. What a thought. But you can also do one more thing in the chat, which is of incredible importance, and that is chiming in 
on the famous last words. You know what? When I said earlier about the rambling part, I take it back. No, <laughs> I take it my back. absolute favorite part of every episode. But Z is one hundred percent correct. That is right. It is time for famous last words. Famous last words. As previously mentioned, asking questions before we do the research, and next week, and this is where it ties through to what you were talking about, Tyler. We are doing an episode with Erica Friedman. She runs the Yuri News Network, Ooh. and we will be talking about Yuri. We'd previously done an episode a couple of weeks ago on Boys Love, and we're doing the the parallel Yuri, which is, uh, I guess, put alternatively, Girls Love. Pretty much. Yeah. A genre of anime and manga that's usually focused on relationships between women, not always sexual, but sometimes sexual. So that is our topic for next week. Question to everybody. What are your famous last words? next week it's possibly only tangentially related to yuri but i want to know if there is a japanese version of the picture called the kiss and uh to clarify a little bit because that's a vague title for a picture i mean the klimt picture oh the i know what you're talking about now oh yeah if you're going to university or college any time between like the late 90s through to probably the late aughts You'd probably see The Kiss at poster sales and in dorm rooms all the time. It is the image of two women uh, from overhead, I believe, on a bed, fairly clothed, I want to say, if memory serves, kissing. And obviously in, uh, in the college university setting, well, perhaps not obviously, but generally when I'd encounter it, it was, uh, it was there for the titillation of the male gaze, um, which... It, kind of makes it only tangentially related to Yuri because there is that potential female relationship. Who knows what the full story is? Anyway, before I ramble anymore, um, I'm just curious. Is there a Japanese version of that image? Like, is is that a thing in Japan? Is the Japanese male gaze as titillated by uh, images and imagery of lesbian relationships as the Western male gaze seems to be. Somehow you took something that was <laughs> really simple and made it really complicated in a short span of time. You can expect my full dissertation in a week. <laughs> uh, I'm right. sorry in advance, Erica. I got a, a simple one that, that might end up leading us into the why uh, next week. In light of fact, learning that I know nothing, Socrates would have it. Who is Yuri for? Hmm. Mm. All right, I'm going to give Tyler the opportunity to go last, so I rapidly need to come up with a, a question or a statement. And I half know the answer to this because I saw Erica do a presentation about the history of Yuri back at Otakuthon last year. But I'm wondering, what is like the canonical first Yuri manga? Because I, I know that historically it has some really fascinating origins because there were girls' schools, and they started in like the early 1900s or something. But it goes back to further that, so I want to know what the first canonical Yuri manga is. I'm always curious about that kind of stuff, too. Like, who made popcorn first? Except <laughs> <laughs> it's not about manga. Popcorn. <laughs> if I can, I can put one in here, because... I've noticed, we, like, when I was younger, Yaoi was the thing I would look at, even though I found out there's a whole different side of gay comics that actually exist. But Yaoi was always mm-hmm. sort of primarily not even about sex, but more so about, like, the semi-uke kind of denomination of mm-hmm. of the sort of drama relationship. So what is, like, the primary focus of Yuri? If that's what Yaoi is, then what's Yuri about? All right. That's a really good question. Yeah. Somehow we didn't talk about Semeuke at all <laughs> on the Boys Love episode. Somehow we didn't talk about Semeuke on this Disney podcast. <laughs> <laughs> More things I don't know about Disney. I thought that's what you're gonna say. <laughs> I mean, and now and now I'm gonna it's like, oh yeah, Goofy's tem- uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, no, we're not going <laughs> there today. <laughs> Spent a little, a little extra time in the fan fiction this week, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Meet you over an archive of our own. <laughs> oh my 
Anakin is. <laughs> well, since we've broken our guest brain, I think that's that's pretty much it for you, us. Do you, you, do you just, have anything to yeah, close sorry, on? You just said like you gotta go back to that fan fiction stuff, and I'm like, is there fan fiction of like the the face the characters like Goofy and Donald and stuff? But like in Disney World, do you want to know? Like, Gee, that sure was a good show there, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Marsh. why I first thought went to Goofy and Mickey, but I'm so done. Oh my god! Uh, if uh, future note, cut all this out. <laughs> this is 100% gold. This is stick. <laughs> if you recover from this, thank you for being on uh, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been it's been a ball. We literally couldn't have done it without you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we got everyone sort of into the idea of Disney, even if it's against their will. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's It's been a, a great time, especially talking to people who aren't completely immersed already into the Disney fandom, being able to sort of like talk through and sort of figure out what it exactly is. Because mm-hmm. I, I had no idea there. I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to ask me about, about the fandom itself? <laughs> Am I, am I going to be able to explain what it is or how I fit into it? But I feel like we talked a lot about that. I think you did an okay job. I think yeah. you got just okay. Huh. Well, good enough. Good. We'll call it good enough. <laughs> but yeah, you know, if you're down there in uh, in Disney World in September and you see Tyler, please hand him your goofy fan fiction. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What have I done? <laughs> But a hundred percent, please. I want to read those. Please send those to me. My Twitter is going to be flooded. Oh no! Those are the kinds of connections we like to make on this show. Good. Speaking of which, if any of the audience is still listening, uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll see you next time. Bye.